everybody. Good evening. Let me um, let me pray. Um, Father, I just thank you. I just praise your holy name. I just pray that you would be with everybody here tonight, Lord God, and that you would speak through me and give people the grace and how to cope, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. So, um, <clears throat> so I'm gonna go to um, Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43. But now thus says the Lord, your creator, O Jacob. So in, um, when um, scripture uses the Old Testament, O Jacob, it's just an, uh, another word of saying Israel, right? So he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name, you are mine. There is now, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And he was the Red Sea and through the rivers, they will not overflow you, right? So he's talking now about that, um, about that journey out of Egypt. When you walk to the fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I have given Egypt as your ransom, meaning that Egypt, God uh, took care of Egypt, cushion Seba in your place. So he's talking about all of the places that were conquered on behalf of um, the Israelites. Since you are precious in my sight, since you are honored and I love you, I will give other men in your place and other people in exchange for your life. Do not fear for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name and whom I have created for my glory, whom I have formed, even whom I have made. So I'm going to unpack this. Right, so verse, um, verse one, and now says the Lord your creator, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. Right, so you can say as a, a, a Christian, do not fear, right, God has given Jesus for you. That's the ultimate redemption. What he is talking about here, what God is talking about in this is um, the Babylonian exile, right? That they've been redeemed. Here's what I want you to see. The greater redemption for us is in Christ, right? So do not fear for I have redeemed you. So what God is talking about here, so he's talking about from the time of um, the um, from the time of the Exodus to the Babylonian exile, right? That Isaiah, Jeremiah, 
are talking about what God is doing, even though God allowed Nebuchadnezzar to destroy Israel, to destroy the temple. God is still saying, I have redeemed you. Here's the thing that you've got to get out, folks. Got to get out of your mind. Yes, does God want you to be good in terms of develop the character of Christ? Yes. But even when you are not, do not fear. He has still redeemed you. When Christ died on the cross, did Christ die? Did anybody hear anything? Christ said, I'm dying for you, but you better be good. No. He knew that we wouldn't. In fact, that's why God, why Christ forever makes intercession. But still, when you pass through the waters, I am with you. I am, I am with you through the rivers is the thing that you've got to get in terms of coping and hoping is this is that there is a part of this that where we think god is not going to come through for us or god is not with us because we've done something wrong well let me just tell you something you've always done something wrong You've always done something wrong. You are always sinful. You've always done something wrong. And if you don't get this, you'll be in this defeatist mentality. In fact, here's what you'll do. You will hold yourself back from receiving from God. Here's what I mean is there's never going to be a time when you haven't done anything wrong in the eyes of God. You know, we sin with our minds, all of that. So if you have this attitude of guilt, of condemnation, uh, of this accusatory mindset from the enemy, where we know is the accuser of the brethren, Revelation 12, verse, verse 10, it accuses us day and night. You'll, you'll always be fearful in a stressful situation. Did God only part the Red Sea because Israel were totally sin, sinless and on their good behavior? No. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. This is what you have to understand. Because a lot of times, people will hold themselves to a higher standard than God holds you to. God knows that through your mistakes, or God wants you through your mistakes to grow, you're going to make them. You are going to make them. You know, I've talked many times about Peter. And Jesus, under denial, Jesus let him go off and, and, and make that mistake. I'm telling you, son, by the time the cut crows, you'll deny me three times. We all know that you better not do it. Don't do it. I've told you now. You, you should be on your guard. And he said, no, I'll go with you to death. Jesus knew he wouldn't. But Jesus needed him to make that mistake, right? The apostle Paul, murdering Christians. Right. Why didn't God 
stop him from murdering Christians before he even started because it will be used by God. This is what we have to understand. A lot of people feel that, oh, well, I've just done this. I've messed up. Yet God is not going to be there for me. You're always going to mess up. Is what you need to know and understand. Is this is the mess up. It's to get you up. It's to get you up higher than you are right now. Peter, before the denial, would never have been able to preach on the day of Pentecost and say, point to the religious leaders, you, you crucified him. You're trembling and shaking over a little girl that accused him before the denial. And the denial allowed Peter to see where he was with Christ. So when you go through the problems that you go to, here's the most important thing that you have to understand. Here's what God needs you to know. When you're going through the problem that you're going through, he is there with you. So do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. See, God is not like a CEO. When all of the men are in the trenches, the CEO is in the ivory tower. That's not how God works. God gets in the trenches. God gets in the trenches. You know why people love Winston Churchill? My guy who comes from England, he got in the trenches with the men. He got in the trench. In fact, actually, before they actually agreed to fight Hitler, Winston Churchill went out on the Underground Railroad and the Underground Subway, and he asked the people what they thought. Do you think that we should fight Hitler? And they said, yeah, they couldn't even believe it. What? Oh, my Lord. I mean, this is a big guy. That is it. It's the same thing that God does. You know, there's a great scripture that says David went in and out amongst the people. It's an image of God. They wasn't just sat on this throne and waving the scepter. No, it was in and out amongst the people. David understood that the throne was about serving the people, not about being served. And this is the same thing with God. When you pass through the water, I will be with you. And through the river, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched. Who do you recall? Walk through the fire. Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Were they scorched? No. Nor will the flame burn you. For I am the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. I have given Egypt as your ransom. Here's the most important thing that you need to know in order to cope. When you're going through a problem, is even if it doesn't feel like it, God is right there. God is right there. Once again, getting out of your feelings. God 
is right there. It doesn't matter whether it feels like it or not. In the fire, in fact, Nebuchadnezzar looked in the fire, remember? Wow, there's one that looks like the son of God. There's, whoa, it is God, right? He is right there. This is what you have to understand. He is right there in your problem. Doesn't matter what you have, sickness, financial problem. Never ever say that, oh, I'm alone. Because you know what you're saying? He has left me and forsaken me. He has, that's what you're saying. He has left me and you've forsaken me. Here's what I'm going to say to you right now. You always have a tough time if you stay in your feelings. Your feelings are very, very shallow. Feelings are very, very shallow. You can be here, listen to your radio, put on a song, you know, and whoa, you have one feeling because of that song. As soon as that song is finished, you've got another. God does deep work. God doesn't do work in your feelings. God does work in the permanent power of you, not the feelings part of you. It's almost like saying that God does his work in the New England weather. Are you kidding me? It was sun was shining yesterday morning when I came out of the, the gym. By the time I got on the highway, it was raining. It was raining. I put my sunglasses, I went from my sunglasses to needing an umbrella. And we're talking about in minutes, folks. That's how fickle feelings are. Get out of feelings. In fact, if you feel that God, think about it. You have thought that you are all alone, right? That cannot be true. What is more, what is more permanent? What has more weight? How you feel that I feel alone or the weightiness of God's word, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. It's I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Really, it's I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So what you've got to get out of is saying that, hey, I feel I'm alone, but I am going to allow the truth of God's word to override it. When they were going through the waters, when Egypt was coming down on them before Moses, part of the Red Sea, oh, why bring us out here to die? Oh, we feel like we're going to die. Did anybody die of the Israelites? No, they didn't. They all went through, right? All went through. Um, when they were in the fire, Nobody was scorched. There were people who were turning up the fire who were burned. They were not scorched. When Daniel was in the lion's den, you know, it's not like he came out, oh, I, I, I'm alive, but this lion chewed on my arm. I said, no, there was nothing like that. So in your problem, whatever they are, you can cope because you have this hope, right? Because you have this same hope, right? This is why you can cope. And the hope is this, is that God is with me 
I do not have to feel it. What, what, what does that even feel like? What does God being with you feel like? There's nothing in scripture that says, well, you know what? In order to believe this, yeah, you got to feel a certain way. Think about it. Salvation. I mean, people will say all the time, what happened? Well, how am I supposed to feel? You're not. You are not. It's the reality. It's the truth of God's word. It surpasses feelings, right? It surpasses understanding. This is what we've got to get away from. This fast foody kind of society is all about feelings. Really. So in fact, think about it. It's all about feeling good, not being good, right? Feeling good. How do you feel? Right? It doesn't matter. It's what you know. Start, start jumping on what you know to be true, not on feelings any longer. What you know to be true, regardless of how I feel, I can cope with this because my hope is in the Lord. Remember that Romans 15, verse 13. You, yeah, in fact, you'll never see a scripture in the whole of Bible where it says the God of all feelings. No, it's the God of all hope. The God of all hope. One thing I know about feelings, if I feel bad and I don't cater to my feelings, those feelings go away. Those bad feelings go away. I stand on what I know. I've said it more than once. We don't feel our way into good behavior. We behave our way into good feelings. It's your behavior that will shape your feelings. We've got it the other way around, is we want our feelings to shape our behavior. No, it doesn't work like that. And so when we understand this word, and look, since you are, first of all, since you are precious in my sight, since you are honored, and I love you, I will give other men in your place and other people in exchange for your life. Babylon, the Medo-Persian Empire, the Greco-Roman Empire. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to not give them up and to the south. Do not hold them back. This is mighty power here that has been discussed. Bring my sons from apart, my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, and whom I have created for my glory, whom I have formed, even whom I have made. And so the bigger picture than that then would be really 1948, right? And the conception of Israel as a nation. This nation who now the original diaspora, AD 70, right? And the temple is destroyed and you've got this diaspora, right? That's the first one. And 132 AD is the big second one. This is how all of the Jews came to Europe to be in, to, to go through the Holocaust. It was because of this diaspora. 
They were all in Israel. And look how God brought them all back with their culture intact, right? So we're talking now about the wider plan of God in this. He's bringing them all back, right? You know, there's all of these people who have been persecuted. And of course, Satan is going to persecute the Jews. Why kill the Jews? Because if you kill the Jews, you kill the promises of God. This is why Satan has tried to persecute the Jews throughout all of their history. Others are going to rise up and try to persecute the Jews. Satan is going to inspire them to do that. In fact, actually, Hitler is Johnny come lately. Really, he is Johnny come lately. And this is what God has done. He has protected them and brought them all back now so that these promises can be fulfilled. Because what happens when God makes a covenant with someone? It's forever. It is forever. No, God is not like Fox or CNN, right? Breaks his covenant. No. And then they get fired and then they have to go and get lawyers. No, that's not how God works. That is not how God works. That is worldliness. No. And even when you are not faithful, in fact, actually, actually, God should be feeling like you're not with him. You shouldn't be feeling that God's not with you. God is there. That's what you should have. Really, and if you are dependent upon feelings, let me tell you all you're going to have, moodiness, up and down and up and down. And those people who depend on feelings, up and down, like New England weather, like New England weather, you can get this wet. In fact, actually, it's in snow in the morning here, and it's been sunny in the afternoon in New England. My word, what do you take out? A coat, an umbrella, sunglasses, really. I mean, yo, know, trench coat, winter coat, bomber jacket, all at the same time. My word, those feelings. No, I need to, I need to take coffee, ice juice, ice water. I mean, my word, a shake. Yeah, come on, no. You stay in feelings you have moodiness you stay in promises you have stability stay in feelings you have moodiness you stay in promises you have stability you have stability my son was telling me the um some weeks ago, oh, Dad, I haven't got my internship. He's trying for an internship in D.C. For anyone who go, who's going to law school, D.C. is probably one of the most comparative uh, um, cities, that area, to get an internship. He said, but Dad, you know, I'm trusting God. I'm just praying. He, he called me up the other day. Dad, I've got a great internship. In fact, in fact, the one that they've given me, it typically it's someone who's like a 2L. This is his first year, right? Finishing law school. He said the guy is going to give me this freedom. Yeah, 
have to go through this big security uh, clearance, but that this is a great internship. Wow, this is the dream internship. Look, you didn't stay in feelings. You trusted God. You trusted God. You did not stay in feelings. He said, Dad, I couldn't have even asked for a better internship. A lot of times they almost treat these uh, young kids out of law school doing an internship. Well, yeah, you just do that. You, yeah, yeah. You go through that. He said, Dad, they've given me a lot of creative freedom in this internship. Dad, it's awesome. It's awesome. He's really excited. See, you didn't stay in feelings. Don't stay in feeling. They were in feelings always. The, the Israelite, the, as the Egyptians were bearing down on them. Oh, Moses, you know, why didn't you just leave us in Egypt? Why is that is feelings? You know what? Stand strong. Don't walk by sight. Walk by faith. This is the way to cope. I'm not going to walk based on what I do see. I am going to stand on the word that I know. The word that I know, not what I do see. You stand on the word that you know, then you will grow. Okay, going to do some of my prep points. And the first one is, Lord God, give me the grace to not stand on how I feel, but to stand on what I know. How I feel, Lord God, is baseless. It is baseless. But what I know, Lord God, is based on you, the God of the universe, who said, you will never leave me nor forsake me because of two immutable things, your word and your character, Lord God, you cannot lie. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you. We just praise your holy name. Father, give us the grace to not stand on how we feel, but to stand on what we know, Lord God. To not stand on how we feel, Lord God, but on what we know to be true. And that is your word, Father, Lord. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Lord God, give me the grace to have the hope to be able to cope. You need to have that hope. It's very, very, very important. And this is why it says in that Romans 15, verse 13, that's why I ask everyone to write it down for the simple reason being is that it's the God of all hope that gives us the ability to deal with anything. In this world, you'll have trials and tribulations. Be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. Now you have to believe that, even if you don't feel that. Once again, you're not supposed to feel these promises you are supposed to behave on them and yet behave based upon them. You're supposed to experience them. And if you experience them, when you experience them, yes, it will change your feelings. 
it will, but your feelings are very secondary, very, very, very secondary. Okay, very secondary. So your feelings are gonna be changed as a result of your experience. But you, your experience won't be changed unless you believe. Unless you believe. Here is the thing. Understand one thing. Whether someone is going to be counseling with me, somebody is in, listen to the gospel, someone is, is you're going to be required to give something up. Really, you are going to be required to give something. That's what you have to understand. You are going to be required to give something up. Do you know why? Because if you don't get, there's something that's in your life that's blocking you from growing. That's blocking you from experiencing the life that you should be growing. This is why I talk to you guys about all of this Fox and this CNN nonsense that I know that many people are watching. You're going to have to give something up. This is why I talk to people as well about who worship their job. This is why I talk to people who worship sports. Whatever. You're, you are going to be required to give something up. You have to understand. Doesn't Paul talk about like when he was a Hebrew of Hebrews, circumcised on the eighth day of the tribe of Benjamin, zeal for the law, but now he considers it all trash for gaining Christ. So if your feelings are bothering you, here's what I've got to ask. What is it that you need to give up? And I hope it's nothing on TV. We should be past that by now. We should be past that foolishness by now. But that's what you have to ask yourself. If these feelings, this, these feelings, this moodiness is still, what is it that you have to give up? Really, that's what you have to ask yourself. Because if you're trying to put it all in the blender, right, and mix it up, no. Paul didn't say he mixed it together. He said, I consider it trash, rubbish for gaining Christ. Rubbish is a very English expression. Use rubbish all the time. Don't say the trash man, don't say the rubbish man. Really, what is it that you have to give up? That's what you have to ask you. If you're shaky, if you are fearful, understand one thing. You can't serve two masters. There's something that you have to give up. And I guarantee you, it's something worldly. It's something worldly. I hope that there's nobody on this line still worshiping a fool. I hope it's not that. I hope there's nobody on this line worshiping the stock market. I hope, there's, I hope that there's nobody on this line worshiping anything of the world. But if you are still shaky in feelings, there's something that you have to give up. I'm telling you, really. We don't look at what we do see. I talked about that. So if you're still looking at what we do see, then you have to give that up. Really, you have to, you can't serve two masters. There's no place where God said, hey, listen, you guys, 
yeah, worship the bars and all of that. As long as you put me first, you can't do it. You can't serve two masters. This is what you have to ask yourself. What do I need to give up to make me stable? What is it that I need to give up that makes me, to make me stable? So it's, it's a prayer. Lord God, give me the grace. I know, Lord God, I can't mix them all up into a blender. And I know you do not want me to worship anything worldly. So, Lord God, show me what do I need to give up, Lord God, so that I can be stable, so I have the hope to cope, Lord God. And I know it's something worldly I need to give up. There are people that still drink. That drink will trip them up because they're focused on foolishness. Politics, stock market, all of that foolishness. People who are lying to them and it causes them to trip up. I'm telling you, those things, I'm going to talk about those things. Those people are no threat to me and I'm, I don't take a side. I take the side of God. But I know people are still putting their trust in the things that are shaky when we're supposed to be putting it on solid ground. And what, whoever you're believing, they're just in it for the money. So if you're trusting in that, give it up because you'll never have the hope to cope. There's no hope in that. There's no hope in anything of this world. You could be king of the world. It's not going to do you any good. Jesus even says, what good is it? For a man to gain the whole world. So it's, once again, I'm going to do that prayer point. Father, Lord God, give me the grace. Let it come to the surface where I am pouring my hope, Lord God. Let it come to the surface. Let me know, Father, Lord God. Prod me with what I need to give up, Lord God, so that I have better coping skills, Lord God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Karen called. I'm going to pass it back to pass it over to Sandy. Father, Lord God, I know I'm a sinner. I know you shed your precious blood so that I might be saved. I accept you into my heart as my Lord and Savior. Lord God, I know, Lord, you are going to give me the grace to cope. Lord God, you are going to give me the hope to cope, Lord God. And I'm going to live a fruitful life in you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.